Hey everyone, I'm Ian Skura. And I'm Emily Hickmott. And welcome back to The Beat. This week's question is... What is it like to play Quidditch at the University of Maryland? This week is the sixth episode of our series where we look at the histories of various Quidditch college programs. Our guests this episode were Sarah Woolsey, Harry Greenhouse, Mike Madonna, Dale Farnan, TJ Generate, and Heather Farnan. With that, let's jump right into the interviews. Our next guest is Sarah Woolsey, who started playing in the spring of 2010 and was a beater on the Maryland team. She was the secretary and then the vice president and then the president of the team. In addition to her time at Maryland, she was also a part of the IQA volunteer department development, the IQA Volunteer World Cup team, a USQ gameplay coordinator, the USQ events director, and the ED of USQ. Uh, She's an absolute legend um, in the game. Uh, She also has one fun animal named Mora, who is a cat, and it's short for Aloha Mora. So Sarah, thank you so much for coming on. Glad that you are here. Thanks for having me. Yeah, of course. Um, so I guess let's just dive right in and I will ask, like, how did you end up finding out about Quidditch and end up playing at the University of Maryland? And like, what was that experience like for you to do that? So the team at Maryland was founded in the fall of 2009. Um, and I was a freshman that year. The, a few friends of mine knew people who were running the team and in spring of 2010, so spring of my freshman year, a friend said, hey, a good friend of mine is on the Quidditch team. I think that you would like it. You should try it. So I went to a practice on a whim, um, fell in love with the sport and then never left. I really <laughs> loved the Maryland Quidditch team because I found like I finally found my community at the university. Um, and when I first joined, we on a good day at practice would have maybe eight to 10 people. So we got to do fun things. Like one person would play beater for both teams because we just didn't have enough people to scrimmage against each other. Um, And it was really a a scrappy, resilient team when we started and just, I've loved seeing how it's grown since then. So what do you think either, what is one of, or what are a few of some of your proudest moments um, at your time at Maryland? That is, that is hard to say. I was sitting down before we started talking and trying to think through my time at Maryland and it was a whole experience um, and just a fantastic, fantastic time. I think probably my proudest moment on the Maryland team was when we won our first tournament. Um, it was the serious Blacksburg brawl hosted by Virginia Tech um, and it was spring of 2012 and we won the tournament and it was such a feeling of just excitement and elation for the whole four and a half hour van ride back to Maryland, because it was the first time our team had won anything. Um, we ended up from there starting to quickly win more things, which were also very exciting moments, but the, the pride of winning that first tournament was just so exciting. Um, And then I think also in my senior year at World Cup six, we won our first bracket game. Uh, We got knocked out the the second round, but winning a bracket game at World Cup was not a thing that we 
really thought was possible. We went to our first World Cup. We lost a game 80 to zero in less than four minutes. And so winning a bracket game felt unbelievable. Um, and I was just so proud of that. Wow. Wait, did you say a less than four minute game? Yeah, that when I started playing, there weren't there weren't seeker floors and yeah. the snitch would go off pitch. I played a game once that lasted 45 seconds. Um, <laughs> early, early era Quidditch with a whole, a whole experience. Um, but yeah, we, we had a game against Emerson who was one of the top contenders and we were intimidated to play them. Um, and then we lost somebody, the, uh, they came back with a snitch after like three or four minutes and it was a mercy because we were already losing by uh, many goals. Truly the most chaotic of times. We are <laughs> so really glad was. that they are no longer that way. And also thank you for helping implement that. Yeah. Yes, thank you. <laughs> um, what were some of your favorite experience besides those two proud ones um, during your time at Maryland? There were so many different fun traditions we had. I think... Maryland has been known for running tournaments for a while, I think. Um, and I was really proud to have helped start that. We hosted our first ever tournament in fall of 2011. And back then, when you went to a tournament, you didn't really know what to expect. Um, a lot of the hallmarks of what we expect now for Quidditch tournaments weren't necessarily standard uh, 10 to 11 years ago. And, um, we had people commenting of you have a schedule posted that has all the games listed. That's awesome. And it was a revolutionary thing at the time. Um, so I think for me, seeing how far tournaments have come from when I started working, um, on planning them for Maryland to now is incredible. Um, and that tradition of really strong, tournament and events um, at Maryland is something I'm really proud of. We um, had an event in spring of 2012 that was an outdoor three field tournament. And then two days before got the worst rain that we had had in years. And we moved to a one field indoor tournament and we made it work. And then we ended up winning um, the competition award that at the time was called the better than the world cup award. And it was so exciting to see like how the Maryland team kind of came together around hosting events um, for the four years that that award was issued by um, the league. Maryland won it three of those four years and turtle cup is now on its 10th iteration as of last fall. So I think for me, that has been one thing that I've been really proud to see from Maryland Quidditch is just how we were kind of towards the forefront of tournament planning in the league. Um, I, along with Logan Anbinder, who also graduated from Maryland, helped to start the tournament director certification process and in its very infancy um, kind of developed that. And then I personally was on, have been on staff for 53 different Quidditch tournaments in the less than 10 years that I was involved in the sport. So I think that has been a legacy I'm really proud of. Yeah, I think like you are truly so iconic in how you run tournaments and I think like Maryland if you like back in the day and also still now um you know that if you're going to a Maryland tournament it's going to be a good tournament and it's going to be an enjoyable experience um so I think you were a very large part of that history and I think all of Quidditch should be super grateful for that like Maryland core that started such a 
important process, like tournament representation. <laughs> yeah, and it I I appreciate that, and it has been so exciting to just see that continue. After I graduated, Erin Mallory took over running our tournaments while she was still a student there, and I went back to the first Turtle Cup after I'd graduated, and I was like, this is incredible what I'm seeing, and it just seeing that even continue so many years past that has been amazing. Yeah, so in your experience with the team um, and obviously in helping start so many of kind of, I feel like what has made Maryland, or Maryland Quidditch kind of what it is now even, um, how would you characterize the Maryland Quidditch community? The Maryland Quidditch community is great. I think Maryland is kind of a, a microcosm of the evolution of the sport as a whole. Um, when we first started, it was very um, ragged. We had t-shirts that were hand painted. They looked incredible because we had an artist on our team that made them, but they were still hand painted. We'd get together in the lounge of a residence hall and paint shirts as a team um, to now having pro like professional style uniforms. Um, we used to do um, like a Yule Ball DIY in the basement of a residence hall and then ultimately and in a ballroom um, and just all these different traditions of creating a family and friendship around the team that I've been so excited at tournaments to see there is still that, that close camaraderie as a team. And I think the evolution of the sport in terms of increasing in competitiveness and increasing in just the quality of gameplay and the level of sport that it's at I think it's really reflected in Maryland. We um, went to World Cup four. It was our first tournament. It did not go incredibly uh, for us. We had a great time. We lost very much in all of our games. Um, and to by the time I left, we had a competitive team that was practicing three or four times a week, was doing conditioning sessions outside of practice and was winning tournaments. So just seeing how the competitiveness has increased, um, and the deliberate choice that the Maryland team made, we had a team meeting where we sat down and we talked about how the league was shifting and the um, creation of a division two, which um, we were really familiar with because I was one of the people that was in a conversation that ended up proposing the division two before World Cup um, five, I think it was. And just we sat down in, in um, a room as an entire Maryland Quidditch team and decided, like, what direction do we want to go as a team? The sport is becoming more competitive, um, more focused on gameplay. Do we want to do that or do we want to continue more as a recreational team? Uh, we took a vote. It ended up um, pretty overwhelmingly in favor of kind of really focusing on our competitiveness. That's when we split into having a separate captain that focused just on the athletics part versus all the team administration. Um, and I think that was really a turning point in Maryland becoming more competitive, which is also about the same time that we saw the league doing that as well. I think that's very true. And I think like, again, Maryland has been like such a core part of the growth of the sport. Like I know mm -hmm. there was a NERC where it was like, oh, there's a Maryland crew coming up. And we were like, bless up, because we like, <laughs> we get a couple of good refs, get a couple of good snitches, everything's going to be great. Here comes Maryland. Um, so are there any traditions that you really love um, from your time at Maryland? A couple of things come to mind. One is that we really had a tradition of being involved in the sport. The regional championship my senior year 
about half of the uh, head referees were all from Maryland, which made the scheduling not great. I do feel bad for that that gameplay coordinator at that tournament, but that we had a tradition of we would bring head referees to tournaments and of members of our team getting really involved in the league. Um, Harry Greenhouse, Ricky Nelson, um, a lot of people who have backgrounds in different areas of the sport, whether that's playing at um, on the national team, whether that's officiating, I can't even guess at how many tournaments Ricky has officiated or doing organizing behind the scenes. Um, like Logan Anbinder, Rebecca Martin have both been really involved in the league for a decade now and they, they graduated from Maryland. So I think for me, that tradition of giving back and being heavily involved in the Quidditch community, I've really appreciated. Um, and I can't let it go without saying that I do appreciate the tradition of embracing the Maryland flag. It is vaguely tacky, but I absolutely love it as a Maryland alumni. So I, um, I do appreciate that that is a thing that that flag swag continues on. So what are some things that you feel like have helped contribute to the University of Maryland's program? One thing that has really helped is um, having members of our team being really involved in the sport. And I'm not saying this as a plug that people should volunteer, but also <laughs> volunteering is great. Um, but throughout the history of the program, we've had people who have volunteered on the gameplay team, the rules team that have officiated, that have been part of tournament planning, that have been part of so many aspects of the league that, um, we knew what was going on and that we didn't miss registration deadlines for things because we had people involved in making sure teams didn't miss registration deadlines and um, that we were really connected to the Quidditch community. So we knew about tournaments and opportunities that were coming up because we knew other people on, on the other teams and were really working with them. So we would hold scrimmages with nearby teams that we knew because we'd volunteered with them for something for the IQA or now USQ. Um, and I think that that level of involvement in the community really served us well to kind of quickly establish a name for ourselves within the Quidditch community. Um, and I think also the the players on the team making a deliberate effort to decide the direction we wanted to go as a team, I think really helped us take that next step quickly. Um, when we decided that we wanted to become a more competitive team, we also were recognizing that not everyone on the team wanted that. So we made a really deliberate effort to make sure there was an opportunity for people who just wanted to casually play a day or so a week on their college campus and not travel on our competitive team, we were really deliberate to keep a space for those players and that we had a, we had a practice that was more lighthearted and we had a practice that was for like the people who were going to the next tournament. And I think that sort of really deliberate effort to craft the team culture we wanted, I think helped us to really grow a lot and create a strong program. Our next guest on the podcast is Harry Greenhouse, who started playing Quidditch in 2011, um, mostly plays Seeker and Chaser, um, has played for Maryland, played for QC Boston, where he won a national championship, uh, currently plays for the Boston Pandas, and MLQ has played for the Boston Forge uh, in all of its iterations, um, where he's won three titles, and he's in, also been on Team USA and won two gold medals with the team. 
Um, in addition to his playing roles, he's also a co-commissioner of MQC. He's also coached BU and has worn many hats in many different scenarios in all of Quidditch. He has a couple of fun animals in his life. First, Bernie the lab, and then also Tyler Beckman the human. <laughs> <laughs> um, so hi, Harry. Thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. And I'm so excited to, to get to hear you talk about Maryland. Good to be here. Thank you for having me. Why don't you just start us off in uh, how you got started playing Quidditch at Maryland and yeah, what drew you into that? I started playing Quidditch within the first three days of when I got to the University of Maryland. Honestly, was trying to figure out what was going on at school, kind of being away from home for the first time. I was kind of bored because my roommate was not at school yet. He took like three more days to get to school. So it was kind of just trying to figure everything out. Uh, my RA had a Quidditch shirt and I read Harry Potter books and I did like a little Quidditch thing in high school like a, for a fundraiser thing. So I decided to try it out because why not? Um, I went to a practice. I enjoyed it in the beginning. And at one point while playing, I got tackled by a guy who was like, six two hundred eighty hundred ninety pound guy just completely destroyed me like tackled me destroyed battle tackle i got up and was like i'm going to have to play this game now permanently and moving forward and that's then at that point i just got kept playing and fell in love with it that person turned out to be uh patrick rarden <laughs> so patrick rarden's been playing a long time too so do you kind of want to tell us about some of your proudest moments during your time at maryland I think the proudest moment I had was getting to the final four my senior year. Me and my group of seniors, we really tried to, we wanted to win and we wanted to be successful. And so getting as far as possible is really important. The big moment that for me, that's like, I took a lot of pride in was we won the elite eight against UNC and the snitch cat. And I caught the snitch and it was, it's a huge moment, but the part that I still remember most and that like, I take a ton of pride in and I love the most about it was our captain that year was one of my seniors, one of the seniors with me, Brian Barrows, and his girlfriend, Liz Ebeling, had like cut open her like forehead. So she had to go to the hospital to get stitches. So he missed that game, even though he was our captain, because he had to obviously do that. I think he knew about it. Like he knew we won. But the first time I saw him on the way back, like when he got back to the field before our final four game, I just like saw him across the field. It was like one of those cheesy movie things where I ended up running to him and it was like the biggest hug I've ever given the guy. It was just like one of those moments that you don't forget of just like, we had spent like three to four years working together for this one goal. So to get to the final four meant kind of everything. And so it was just sharing that one moment and like just an embrace that's one of the things that I remember most about my time there. And so that I take a lot of pride just in that moment. No, that final four run was super impressive because that was like the Swiss year. So anyone who had made it that far had obviously worked incredibly hard and won a lot of really important games to get there. So I guess besides those like super proud moments, were there just other experiences from your time at Maryland that stuck out to you as like, favorite experiences you had whether that's just with the team or playing again um uh, my freshman year we got kicked out of a denny's <laughs> so that was really fun 
How did that happen? Um, so my freshman year, I guess, I don't remember if it was after a game or some type of thing, but we went to like a Denny's that was like 15 minutes from campus. And there was like 25 of us there eating at a Denny's with no one else in it. And it took, I think like an hour and 40 minutes for everyone to get their food. So as kind of idiots, we end up like just being dumb and idiots and just having a blast. So when someone would get food, people would just throw food across the table to each other who didn't have food. Um, <laughs> we just do do like that. We're just like knocking things over and being kind of assholes. And, but it was just like a, one of those experiences that you just like enjoyed. And at one point, one of the players on the team, they had a claw machine and he almost won it and his prize landed on the edge so he shook the machine until it came out <laughs> then the manager came by and kicked the whole table out so we paid the bill and dipped him a bunch and yeah that was a thing that happened. the other experience that i remember always doing was we ended up doing this like yearly tradition where we would go to annapolis maryland uh, we take a bunch of cars and we go to this little diner in annapolis called chicken roots and we would do a six pound milkshake challenge and it's exactly what you think it is. Um, so whoever decided they wanted to do it, you'd have like a bunch of people sitting there with a six pound milkshake and you had to drink it in an hour. And so I just remember like multiple different times of people trying to do it. I, the only person who ever completed it was Josh Marks. who was in my senior class with me. He finished big props to Josh, but no one else that I saw did it. And it was just like a little thing that we did, at least for the time period that we were there. So we ended up like, like when I was a junior and a senior, you know, since the people who were seniors when I was a sophomore and a freshman brought us there, we brought like our freshmen and sophomores there. So we, we kind of, I think at the time wanted it to be tradition. I don't know if it kept going and it was a lot of fun. I tried it twice. It's not easy. Yeah, I see you eat Harry. So the fact that you couldn't do it scares me. Well, the the one I got close on was I got probably within like maybe a quarter of a pound to half a pound left. But back then I wasn't as big as I am now. So I was probably at like 150 pounds, 155 pounds, something like that. And I just got really cold. Oh, I So I started you. shaking a ton and I couldn't like fight the coldness off. So that at a certain point, I got so cold that you know, when you shiver so much, it just shakes everything up. And when you're eating that much food and shaking constantly, it's uh, not a good recipe for success. You know, yeah. My favorite was the first time we went because of uh, people not realizing that six pounds of certain flavors is really not the move. <laughs> um, I think Ooh, James, was... Hicks, James Hicks had mint chip. Oh, no. You and don't Pat Rardin had like, Reese's, like peanut butter cup. Oh, no. You got to do something like no chunks in it one flavor <laughs> like that's got to be your go-to and it's got to be like chocolate or vanilla or like only, only vanilla my favorite was the first time we went one of the guys who came with us his name was jose zamora he he literally was on the team for like i don't even know if he lasted the whole first semester he was but he was there but he was with me in my freshman year and i don't know like he like barely played and he came with us and he was like, I'm going to do the six pound milkshake challenge. We're like, cool. Awesome. 
And then like once we get to the restaurant, he looks at everyone and goes, oh, my bad. Forgot to tell you guys, I'm allergic to milk. Oh, my God. <laughs> and then he decided and then he still does it. I never saw that guy again in college for the next four years. Like I never saw him. <laughs> so like my only real memory of him <laughs> is being alert as a guy telling us he's allergic to milk after he at, like as he's drinking a six pound milkshake. How would you characterize the University of Maryland Quidditch community? So when I was at Maryland, at least, the community saw us as villains and like as effectively as the enemy. So anytime we played within region, you know, we were really not that liked for the most part. I mean, the, the later you got in tournaments, the more competitive the teams we were playing got. It was, you know, less less of an animosity type relationship. But for a long time, you know, University of Maryland was considered the villains to a lot of the Quidditch community, especially in the Northeast and the Mid-Atlantic area where we played. And, I, and we also... We didn't shy away from that feeling, and I don't think we really wanted to. We weren't trying to be – our goal was never to be mean, but our goal was to be just like we wanted to win, we came to win, we weren't really trying to make tons of friends, and that was our goal. People in the Quidditch community sometimes, especially when I was first playing, like when that happened, if you're not going to like try to make friends, people don't like you. And for me, I enjoyed it because – you know, I've always played sports where, you know, it was trying to win at all times. Like the goal was to win and my teammates meant more than anything else. So that ended up leading to the, what, how the Maryland Quidditch community, like Maryland in of itself existed because like we wanted to win. There was always really tight bonds, even if like there was always stuff happening or like people were dealing with stuff, you know, I never was worried about the team not being together because you just everyone because everyone was working and everyone was always pushing so the community within maryland in itself like the team it was always very like family and brotherhood ish where there was always a fight for each other and always to have each other's backs because you knew everyone was going to work for it and everyone was had each other's backs and you could do that and that's that's what i really loved about it was like we were our own family. And so when we went to tournaments, we knew a lot of times it was just us. Like, even if we didn't, even if that year's team had done nothing, like we, I remember bringing a team of basically all freshmen to a tournament. It didn't, it didn't matter, you know, for us, it was always just us. And we wanted to be together as us. And that was what made us stronger. And we, and, and it grew our team and it grew a program and, you know, everyone felt together about that. And it felt like a legitimate sports team. And, you know, it, it made our effectively our locker room really strong. And we were we cared about that. And we we cared about each other at all times. That was what I really loved about it. So and that to me always stretched as Maryland kept going on, where there are still people who I know in Quidditch who played for Maryland, who take a ton of pride in Maryland and everything that Maryland does. And we want to see Maryland be successful. So it's like always trying to help and support Maryland and that's just part of it you know you play for Maryland you take pride in being part of that team no matter what all right so what are some things that you feel like have helped contribute to the University of Maryland's success as a program I think a lot of it really came down to passionate individuals you know people who really cared and passing that sort of passion on to the next person and, you know, just passing that passion and the wisdom that comes with 
hi, I just ran a program and now it's your turn. But a lot of it really was just like people who were passionate and became passionate in the sport and cared. And one of our traditions is just like work hard and be great. You, you, we wanted to win. It was always the goal. And that, you know, that went from pretty much, you know, once we became what we were, it just kind of spread. I mean, that, that, I mean, that started with our, my first captain, Liz Miles. Um, you know, she was an athlete. And I, I say that just because Quidditch at that time, you know, wasn't there automatically at, you know, what was that, 2011? You know, sometimes you were, and I know before I got there, and this isn't because of me, but it, because I think a lot of my recruiting class, Maryland was not a super athletic team. You know, I think we finished second to last the year before I got there, apparently. And so, you know, starting with just like Liz and, and Pat and um, Swoles and James Hicks, and that went to me and Aaron Mallory and Brian Barrows, Josh Marks, and it kept just going to the next group of passionate groups of people, you know, Liz Ebeling and Isabel Noon, Mike Madonna, uh, Jeremy Dean, Cody Nardone, Brendan Hutton, just over and over and over again, Melissa Smith, Dale Barnett. It just, to the younger generation of it, John Sheridan and Mac Morgan, Heather Farnan, and now TJ. Like, it's just, it's one of those things that I think it's just, you find someone who cares and who wants to be good at something. And it's almost like you adopt that person and you bring them in and, you know, every time, you know, we always surround ourselves with people who always would put that type of effort into it. And every single time that happened, it, it led to what the program is now, just constantly growing and constantly trying to be a great team and a great sports team. I would say Maryland is always like one of the most passionate teams in the way that they play, in the way that they're alumni and players like give back to the sport in the way that they just like are so truly involved and like all of the people you named have had such a big impact and you didn't even admit like you have Ricky you have Sarah you have you you have so many people Rick is gonna yell at me now god damn it (laughs) you have so many people who have been such long like Logan like people who have just been like absolute stalwarts of the Quidditch community in so many different ways. And I think that's just like a testament to the passion that y'all bring to Quidditch. What are some things that you think um, from both your experience, like being on Maryland and also watching them um, in like the iterations after you, what are some things you think they could uh, improve upon to help the program continue to succeed and grow and improve upon what it is already? I want them to have a coach, um, to be brutally honest. Um, and it's not that the captains at the t- right now are not doing a great job, because I think TJ and I think Heather, who is another captain, are doing awesome. And I think Samud is doing a great job. And I think they're all doing a really good job and working really hard. I just think right now the next level of Quidditch is a coach, is having coaches and coaching staffs to really push you and help take pressure off college students so they can – be college students and they'll still obviously still have leadership roles but i think it i think coaching right now helps teams you know even if it's just someone to help you run subs who understands the program and can just let the players like let your captain players play 
focus on playing and then they don't have to make subs when it matters like and they can make the adjustments and like see things in games and just let you play i think that's just something that help i think coaches just bring consistency and i think just for every team at where you are right now coming out of a pandemic consistency is just something consistency is helpful as long as that coach has the maryland ways and the support of those leaders because to me tj and heather who are the current leaders of the program and their opinion matters most right now because they're currently leading a really great team um but i just i think having a coach would take them a little over the edge Our next guest is Mike Madonna, who started playing in 2013 at the University of Maryland. He was a beater. He never held a formal leadership position, but did run the Maryland Twitter, which if you were on Twitter back then, great times. Um, he's played for the Washington Admirals and the New York Titans for a summer each. He has one dog or a zoo, a shih tzu that he and his family rescued two years ago, um, who's absolutely adorable and is from West Virginia. So Mike, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Yeah, of course. Thank you guys for having me. Excited to do a little blast from the past about my footage time. <laughs> yeah, of course. Um, so to start us off, do you just want to tell us about how you got started playing Quidditch at Maryland and what that experience of like finding out about Quidditch and joining the team was like for you? Yeah, of course. Um, so I went to school out of state. I'm, I'm from New Jersey. Um, we're about six or seven years outside of my college time. So some of these people listening might not know me, um, but I'm from New Jersey. I'm a very Jersey person. And going to school out of state, you kind of are just stuck with the people that you that are on your floor or in your roommate. Um, one of the first people I met, uh, his name was Danny. He lived across the hall from me. Um, so naturally we just started hanging out and we were walking back from the dining hall on the first day of school. And um, he ran into a, a friend of a friend or a friend, I don't remember their exact relationship at the time, um, Aaron Mallory, who was basically advertising the Quidditch team. Um, so they started talking just because they recognized each other. I was just standing there with my hands in my pocket because I had no idea how to like talk to people or meet people. Um, but basically, she was saying that she played on this sports team, um, happened to be Quidditch. So Danny's like, oh, yeah, of course we'll go. Um, so we ended up going to the first practice. You know, we met some people the first week of school. So we have, again, we only know the people on our floor, maybe some of the people from our high school. Um, and then... We just kept going back. Like we had a good time playing. Um, we kind of thought it was funny. We all played soccer in high school or um, some other sport. Um, and, you know, I came in kind of at a time that was like perfect. The Maryland Quidditch team, which we'll get into, um, they were really like, they needed new people. They had a big graduating class. Um, so they were recruiting very, very heavily. And all of the people that they were bringing in at the time ended up being like some of the only people, like some of my best friends or some of the only friends that I had at the time. Um, so it's really funny too, because none of us really watched Harry Potter or read any of the books. Um, so we kind of did it as a joke for a little bit. Um, we went to our first tournament at Penn State where Harry drove us, Harry Greenhouse, and it was the scariest drive of all time. 
Um, but we won and we were like, oh, wow, I guess we're kind of good at this. Um, and, you know, we just kept, we ended up just going, kept going back to practices. It was, you know, something to do on a Monday night or a Wednesday night. And it was just like that feeling of like, wow, this is like a group of people that I can hang out with. I now have like a social circle. Um, and that was kind of what kept drawing me back to going into the Quidditch team and being involved with them. So what were some of your proudest moments from your time playing for Maryland or just being yeah. involved with Maryland? Uh, so proudest moments, like the first one that comes to mind was my senior year when we uh, re-won the Mid-Atlantic Regional Championship. Um, so again, for those of you, I mean, this is still a thing now, but Maryland typically dominates the Mid-Atlantic region. Um, so we won, I believe it was like four or five in a row. Um, and then we lost the one my junior year, which I believe was fall of 2015. Um, and, you know, this was at a time where community teams were just becoming a thing. They were kind of really starting to dominate the scene. Um, and college teams didn't really have, like, if you were playing a community team, it was kind of like, all right, well, we'll chalk that one up as a loss. Um, and we were, we were always competitive. But going through at the regionals, and again, the Mid-Atlantic Regional, um, it's famous for being the coldest regional, the hardest regional to win. Um, and, you know, we like flew through, obviously, the um, day one phase or stage. But then the second day, we made it all the way to the finals. It was, of course, it's a Quidditch tournament, so it's running about four hours late. And... You know, we're playing, we have a brand new team at this point. Um, it's very heavy, it's very senior heavy um, and very freshman heavy. And we ended up playing the Warriors in the finals. And, you know, that game was probably one of the hardest games that we've played together. And it's probably one of, I don't think it was very exciting to watch, but it was very competitive on the field. Um, I think the score when the snitch came out was like 60-50 or something like that. Um but we were down, like we were losing. Um, I got injured very early during the game. Um, I actually uh, tore my MCL, um, but I was, um, along with Jeremy Dean, I was the starting beater and I primarily did snitch on pitch. Um, so Jeremy played, he had a torn ligament in his thumb, um, kind of held the game just as close as we could have held it. And then uh, when snitch on pitch came out, that was when we, um, really took over the game and kind of, you know, had a chance to actually win. Um, it, there was a few moments during the game where I was like, eh, we might lose. I was thinking up tweets to explain, uh, make up excuses for why we lost. Um, <laughs> but when that snitch came out, I kind of just got up off the sidelines and was like, you know what, like, this is going to be my last, like, regional. Like, I might as well play if I can run. It was so cold. So it was basically like my life was numb. Um, and I just remember being on the field when we uh, finally did pull the snitch. And it was just like, just a surreal moment because we built that team. Like there was no, like we didn't come into this team and like we had all these other players. This was our team that my senior class built that has been there since um, 2013. And, you know, we knocked off one of the best community teams, the Warriors and it was a very close game. Um, I like to say we blew them out, but we had think we won like 110 to 80 or something like that. Um, 
but it was just kind of like, you know, we had a redemption. We lost the last year, won this year. Um, and it was like, great. Now we can relax. We kind of reestablished ourselves as like a, a force to be reckoned with. And we proved to ourselves that, you know, we can beat these community teams. We can be like a very good national team. Um, and that was just like the best win because honestly, like you guys have all played Quidditch. Some of the games you play, um, you don't really get super competitive games all the time, especially back then where it wasn't as like, it was just becoming kind of like the sport that it is now where like, you know, you have full teams and you have um, like really good athletes. So a lot of the games were pretty lopsided until you had, you know, the semifinals or the finals of whatever tournament you were going to. Um, so that was like the, probably the toughest game that we played and just like all the adversity that we had, all the, um drama leading into it there was a snitch pull like two seconds in with snitch on pitch that was like terrifying because i was like damn like <laughs> we just lost and we didn't even we didn't even have a chance um and it, that was that's definitely the most proud moment that i had so i guess besides what we just talked about are there any others like specific moments that stand out to you from your time at maryland playing quidditch um that were just some of your other favorite experiences that you want to talk about? Yeah, so this one might surprise you guys. Um, the One of the other like prominent parts of my time at Maryland was when I red carded out of the regionals the first, the year before that, so my junior year. Um, and again, Maryland at that time was, and still is one of the like premier like college programs. Um, and that was the first, I kind of blamed, we lost in, I think the se the semifinals or the quarterfinal, we lost very, very early. Um, but I got a red card, like right at the beginning of the game. And I really like kind of like blamed myself. Um, obviously I threw a tantrum cause I was just like the most obnoxious kid of all time. Um, but like seeing that happen and then learning, like that was kind of like the start of like, okay, like we need to figure this out. We need to like get really good. And that was kind of the start of like my involvement in the community um, to where like everyone kind of knew Maryland, everyone, or not kind of, everyone knew Maryland, but people sort of knew me. Um, I was never the best beater on my team. Um, Jeremy Dean was always better than me. Um, Ricky Nelson way back in the day. Um, we, we just always had people that were um, like just better and like Emily um, Camardo um, later in the process um, Lauren and Melissa um, like I was never the best or the smartest player and I felt I blamed myself a lot for that loss but when that loss happened like it was kind of just like a turning point for me because like I kind of just got like I, get, I just got myself together and I was like I can't one, I can't act like that because that's just embarrassing. Um, two, um, what do we want Maryland to be? And do we want to be this joke online or do we want to be a serious team that people take seriously, but that also like has a personality? And that was kind of where like the personality of Maryland kind of got like reborn a little bit. Um, and I never held the leadership position just um, because well, I, I never ran, but um, <laughs> the um, not having a leadership position let me take kind of a leadership role on the side. And I kind of got a little bit more freedom with regards to like just doing whatever I wanted to do. 
Um, so I kind of worked on myself a little bit from that. And then, you know, going into the next year, like I was a, like a senior, I was like one of the, I've been there for at that point, three years going on four years. I, we were recruiting heavy. People were looking up to us to teach them the game and like figure out the game. Um, but also the other side of the game is like the community. Like you can play Quidditch for as long as you want. The best part about it is the community and you kind of get out what you put in, but I started really kind of embracing like, Hey, like I play Quidditch and not just saying like, Oh, I play soccer or like being embarrassed about it. Um, and that was a big change for me. And I really felt like um, that's one moment that always kind of sticks out to me. That's even though it's a negative and wasn't the outcome we wanted at the time, it definitely led to a lot of later success and bred the personality that we wanted to get out of people. So were there any, traditions from your time there that you particularly liked or uh wanted to talk about yeah um so this kind of happened late um and i don't know if it was more of a um mlq thing or a maryland thing um so when mlq just first started um on the there was one season the 2016 season i believe where um, a majority of maryland players finally did end up playing mlq and we started going to this place that gave six pound milkshakes out. And the reason they did that was because like, you can't, you just can't do it. You'd throw up after it. Um, but we would all like get all the new people and make them <laughs> try to finish the, the giant milkshake. Um, there's pictures of me throwing up from it. There's like, it's one of the funnest things. And we kind of made that like a summer tradition. <laughs> Um, Jeremy Dean actually came, I think he came very close and so did Dale Farnan. I think he was like a gulp away from finishing and then just like lost it. But, um, that's like something that I definitely remember. And then, you know, a lot of the people that played, um, we kind of all stayed together and, um, we had, um, the Quidditch house when I was in college. So it was just basically all of the Quidditch people. So like Isabella Newton, um, I forget if Josh Marks lived there. I forget if he lived there, moved to, lived somewhere else and was just there all the time. Um, Eric King, Jeremy, it was just like a house that we kind of passed down. It was a really shitty house. Like I would never live there any time past like a year after college, but, um, like that, house was like all right we live there now we pass it off to the next generation i'm pretty sure it, it got lost in translation somewhere but that was always like something that was like really funny it's like who's gonna live in the house this year who's gonna who's like every party that we would throw after tournaments would be there uh but that that was always something that was fun so i guess like from your experience with the team and from being able to follow them on whatever level you have moved since then. Um, what are some things you think the team could work on improving to like continue to grow and sustain and be the program that it is? Yeah. Um, I mean, obviously the pandemic happened and, you know, it was kind of just like a year away. Um, a lot of the seniors and just obviously across the nation, but like um, a lot of people didn't get that last final goodbye um and with that like you lose part of the the opportunity to recruit um but i think like i think the team's done a very good job of this after me um but just getting involved in the person in the um, community and um you know staying involved um so like once like community teams um became like you know a, a standard and a staple and especially once they split 
um, like seeing some of those like former players, like embracing a new team and seeing them, you know, play with other players and play with people that we played against. Um, I think the more we get involved, the better. Um, and for a, a long time, and again, my class is kind of partly to blame for this, but like once you graduated, you kind of stopped uh, for the most part. Um, and that kind of stunts the growth of different teams. Um, the coaching started to come out and like um, love to see some people come back and coach um, or just, again, staying involved, going to some of the practices. Um, I think that's kind of like the biggest area of improvement is just really, you know, taking that next step into the community where, you know, we have a handful of people that do, but like the more people that we can get, the better. Yeah, definitely. I, I mean, I think like you said earlier that a lot of Quidditch is such a player sport and not in that, like not only are you the ones playing obviously, but you also have to like organize tournaments and help referee. Mm -hmm. And so, yeah, like the more you can get involved to help support a team um, and hopefully your alma mater in a lot of ways like that, that can make a huge difference. Yep, for sure. And again, I've said, I said this before, but Quidditch is a sport, especially in college for college students where you get out of it, what you put in, and what you want to get out of it. So um, if you want to, you know, know your, your small circle, just stay with your team. Great. Um, but there's a whole world of people. I can go to Texas right now and I know like 15 people that I could just hit up and hang out with. Um, and I've been removed for like, again, like eight years at this point. Um, like I can, I got my job, my current job because of a connection from Quidditch and you never know where these relationships could take you. Um, I, it's a very good place to kind of find the spot that you can call home. And the more people embrace it, the, you know, the more fun you'll have, but just the more memories and the more, um, the more you'll just get out of it as like a person on like a personal level. Everyone's always concerned with like, you know, like what, what does it do for me? Um, it can, it can literally be your whole life. Like you, it'll give you your friends. It'll give you your best memories. It'll give you a job and possibly. Um, and you know, like at the time when I was in college, I didn't really look at it like that. I looked at it as like something that I did on the side that I didn't want to talk about kind of like cheating on a test. It was like, yeah, I passed and just like, don't ask me how. Um, but like, especially towards the end of my college career, it was kind of like, for me, I knew I wasn't going to really play after. Um, and it was just like looking back on all of the memories and all the people that I met, the people like I'm a different case, but like, if you said the name Mike Madonna to people at the time, that would like people knew who I was and it gave me a voice to kind of be myself um, that I necessarily wouldn't have had if I was just a regular student at Maryland, um, which is, I think is one of the coolest parts about it. Our next guest is Dale Farnan, who started at Maryland in 2015 and played chaser and keeper. He was the captain his junior year. Um, he has also played for the Washington Admirals since 2017. In terms of fun animals, he currently has a cat who lives with him and Melissa, um, Marta, who is 17 years old and is very loving. And they are also fostering a cat, Hampton, through Barks, which is the Baltimore area shelter and Hampton is hoping to be adopted soon. So if you're out there listening and you need a cat, hit Dale up. 
Um, so thank you so much for coming onto our podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Could you just start off by talking to us about how you got started playing Quidditch at the University of Maryland and what that experience was like for you joining and kind of getting into it? Yeah, definitely. Um, well, back when I was in high school, I had never heard about Quidditch, but one of my friends, once she learned I was going to Maryland, told me that, you know, Quidditch is a thing and Maryland has a really <laughs> good team and I should look into it. And I'm like, oh, that sounds pretty cool because I'm a sporty guy and a Harry Potter fan. So I was curious about it when I went to Maryland and then I was actually just walking to the diner to eat dinner. It was like my first week and uh, Maryland Quidditch player Liz Ebling um, was standing right outside the diner recruiting people and passing out flyers. And she was like... <laughs> She was large and in charge, <laughs> and she has a very strong, fun personality, um, so I was kind of drawn to the team, and I uh, went to the first practice, and it was great. And so what were some of your proudest moments at Maryland? Yeah, um, I guess the proudest one for me personally was when we won regionals um, when I was a junior, so that was 2017 in the fall just because I was captain that year um, and definitely had a lot of responsibility running the team, running practices, putting lines together, making sure everyone's playing their best. Uh, and also because that was like the first year that me and sort of the players on the team who were my age sort of felt like we were in control of the team. Uh, like a lot of seniors graduated the year before, so we definitely lost a lot of talent and had to rebuild a little. So it was really good to see all of our hard work come together in the fall and to be able to bring home that regional championship. I mean, especially being at a Quidditch program like Maryland, um, what was it kind of like? I mean, you said that that year you kind of felt like your year was more in charge of the team, but um, was it like, did you feel pressure at all? I mean, Maryland sort of has a history of winning uh, regionals uh, in a way, but like, I guess, like, what was that experience like being on that team and trying to kind of win regionals for yourself? Yeah, definitely. There were a lot of expectations to live up to. Um, like, Maryland had just gone to the Final Four the year before I joined as a freshman. That was Harry Greenhouse's last year, was Maryland's Final Four run. So there was definitely, like, a, a legacy of um, performance that we kind of felt pressure to live up to. Um, but we had a lot of really good players, so we never really felt super scared that we wouldn't be able to. We had the skill. We just had to put it all together, I feel like, was the feeling for a lot of the time that I was there. Yeah, and what do you think kind of helped you take that next step that year that you were winning? So that's uh, 2017, Paul. Um, a lot of it was just filling in the gaps of who left last year. Um, the two biggest subtractions were Jeremy Dean and Mike Madonna, who had played a lot of minutes at Beater when I was a freshman and a sophomore. Um, so going into the captaincy, I had like one male Beater left on the team who had played very little. Um, thank goodness we were able to recruit Zane Baila as well and put together a Beater core. Um, I was very blessed with female Beaters with uh, Melissa Smith and Lauren Dyke, who were the two best um, non-male beaters in the region at that time. So that was good. But like I said, we lost a lot of chaser talent too as well. Um, so just getting everyone together in practices 
and really, you know, up to speed on Quidditch as much as you can teach the new people, because we had a lot of freshmen who were flooding time. Um, so just trying to get them to learn and trying to work together with my teammates, because we definitely had a lot of people on the team with experience. We just had to be able to pass on a lot of information very quickly to all our new recruits. What were some of your other just favorite experiences from your time on the team? Um, that doesn't necessarily have to be playing, but it also could be, it could just be um, things from, you know, the community too. I mean, I made a lot of really good friends on the Maryland team and that's gotta be one of my favorite experiences, just like hanging out with them. Like we just go to the gym once we went to the racquetball court and they didn't have enough rackets for all of us. So we just invented a new game that was halfway between racquetball and baseball. So just doing, <laughs> doing fun things like that around campus is definitely a great memory. Um, another favorite experience actually happened after I graduated, but now my little sister, Heather Farnan, is the captain of the team. Um, so seeing her be the captain and do well and lead them to another regional championship obviously has me very happy and proud of her. And I guess I also, in terms of favorite experiences, I really liked um, the people I was playing with senior year. Like my line was just so locked in. We had fantastic chemistry. We'd been playing with each other forever. We all knew what the other player was going to do even before they did it. So that was definitely something I enjoyed in this. Do you want to shout them out by name? If you want. <laughs> yeah, you yeah. It was uh, Zane Byla and Melissa Smith were our beaters. I was at keeper uh, at chaser we had abby potter and john sheridan and then the last spot was um sometimes it was mac morgan and sometimes it was noah rendock but uh that squad was just i love and miss them all <laughs> and everyone else on the team of course that's just who i happen to be playing with the most yeah um how would you characterize the university of maryland quidditch community um, we're pretty casual, pretty friendly. Um, back when I was like a freshman and sophomore, we sometimes had that mantle of being the villain sometimes, but I feel like we've kind of grown out of that a little bit uh, as the years went by. Um, like I said, we're all very close off the field. We love hanging out, eating together, going to the gym together. Um, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Like we we're all just playing a fake sport. So there's no need to like kill yourself over it or be super upset at yourself or your teammates or we're all just running around with brooms between our legs out here is something I heard repeated a lot. <laughs> um, but with that being said, we're still definitely focused on winning. So were there any particular traditions then from your time on the team that you really liked? Um, yeah, I would have to say winning Mid-Atlantic Regionals. Was <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. That was a lot of fun. We loved um, oh. celebrating regionals and winning it. Um, but one that I did love was at the end of every year, we would all go to Annapolis to a restaurant called Chicken Roots. And they have a bunch of fantastic food. Um, but one of the main reasons we went was for their milkshake challenge, which was basically a six pound milkshake. 
that you had an hour to finish. So whoever felt brave enough would try and fail the milkshake challenge and everyone else would just eat their burgers and watch them. <laughs> but it was definitely, definitely a fun time every time. I got close one time. I never finished it, but I got like, I got five and a half pounds through. What happened? With the, was it just time out with the last yeah. half? Yeah. It's a lot of dairy. <laughs> yeah, it was a lot. I would not recommend it. <laughs> You're also like the third person who's mentioned it. And I'm just like, all right. I mean, it definitely <laughs> seems to have left an impact. So <laughs> yeah, it's definitely a tradition. I just don't know if it's a tradition I would love, but it is in fact a tradition. <laughs> So what are some things you think have helped contribute to University of Maryland's success as a program? Yeah, um, that's a really good question. Um, a big part of it is just good team chemistry on and off the field. Like when you're hanging out with your teammates off the field and making friends with them, it's gonna help you on the field a lot because you're gonna trust them more, you're gonna know them better, you're gonna be on the same page. So that's something Maryland does well. Um, specifically during COVID, something that's helped us a lot is um, having alumni who are willing to come back to practice when we maybe don't have numbers or even when we do just to come through to be a body and teach the young players stuff. Because especially I feel like when Quidditch was canceled, I was thinking COVID might be sort of a reset button. And I was wondering whether, you know, Maryland's dynasty would keep going afterwards because like if everyone loses a bunch of recruiting it could level the playing field mm -hmm. but i was kind of surprised to see the opposite like maybe maryland has more alumni coming back and help and that actually is an advantage for the team um something else that i thought the only time maryland lost regionals when i was there was my i was a freshman it wasn't even the finals it was like the quarterfinals we were against penn state um, and we had a lot of people with not the best attitudes on that team. The team had a tendency to start yelling at each other when things weren't going our way. So we played a physical team and it was close. One of our beaters read it out. So it was close and we started yelling at each other and fell apart and wound up losing on the snitch catch. So we've definitely changed as a culture since then. And like everyone knows it's the team first. We all have each other's backs. We have to all be on the same page because yelling at your teammates when you're out there isn't going to help anything. It's going to make it way worse. Uh -huh. So are there any things that you would like to see improved with the University of Maryland program? Um, yeah. Um, I mean, obviously right now the team's short a few players like everyone is after COVID. So just being able to step up their recruiting and fill out that roster, I think is going to be a really big step for them. Um, something else the team sometimes struggles with is recruiting freshmen. Like we'll find great athletic players to play for us, but they only have one or two more years left before they graduate. And then we have to recruit again versus if you recruit a freshman, they're gonna be around for all four years, which can be nice to not have as much turnover in the team and have more experienced players. Um, so I don't know what, <laughs> what it is that's causing <laughs> that, but we gotta get out to first look fair and make sure we get as many freshmen as we can early. Um, and then one other thing I'd like to see Maryland maybe do more in the future is kind of connect more with community teams, I guess club teams now. 
back before the split between club and college, we were always um, big rivals with DCQC, the best club team in the area. Um, and not a lot of Maryland players went on and played club after their Maryland careers. Um, but now we have the split. Maryland and DCQC players are playing together on admirals. We're friends. Um, so just having like sort of connections around the region. So maybe we can just scrimmage them sometime. It's like going to be good for both of us to play against good competition. Um, so definitely seeing some things like that could be helpful for Maryland going forward. So our next guest on this episode of the podcast is TJ Generate, who started playing Quidditch in the spring of 2019. Um, they play some Chaser and Seeker and recently have started even playing a little bit of Beater. And they're currently one of the two captains on the team for Maryland. Um, and in addition, they've also played a little bit for the Washington Admirals starting in the 2021 season. They have one animal that they want to shout, shout out, which is Piper, um, who is their girlfriend's softball coach's dog and is apparently an A-plus dog all around. So, TJ, thank you for coming on the podcast. Um, thank you for having me. Yeah, we're super excited to have you. Um, I guess... Like, as we've explained a little bit, like the points of these recent podcasts we've been doing is just to get glimpses into what it's like to be in various college programs at different periods of time. Um, so can you just start off by telling us how you got started playing Quidditch at Maryland and what that experience was like for you? Yeah, for sure. So not to give too much background, but I used to be a pretty big nerd in like as far as reading when I was younger. And I used to read all the time in middle school and in high school. And then my one friend said, I was like, man, you should read Harry Potter. And I'm like, there's no way I'm reading a book about wizards. So I didn't read Harry Potter. And I read everything. I read all the Percy Jackson stuff, all the nerdiest stuff. But for some reason, I didn't want to read Harry Potter. And then I get into college and uh, I read the first books. I think it's Sorcerer's Stone. I'm like, mm -hmm. whoa, this is crazy. This is really, really good. <laughs> and so I read the whole series in, I don't know, maybe a month or two. And I was like, man, this is dope. And he's like, yeah. So he had just started playing in the fall. And he was like, yeah, I just joined the Quidditch team. You should come play. And so I went to a practice and it was like pouring rain. And I couldn't, I wear glasses. So like my glasses had rain all in them. I couldn't see anything. And it was slippery. But, and I think I might've had cleats. Hopefully I had cleats. And I had to like tackle Jarek. And I was like, man, this is kind of intense. Cause like I didn't, done anything very athletic for a while and I was like I really enjoy this but I don't think this is like the perfect time for me it was a pretty big semester for me so I was like I'll be back next semester and I know a lot of people in the Quidditch community don't like hearing oh I had fun I'll try it again next time and then people never show up but I really did genuinely want to return and do it so I came back in the spring and that's when I really got into it and I went to all the practices but Essentially, my friend telling me, my friend Sermat, I went to high school and middle school with him, so I've known him for a long time. But he got me into it, and also just reading the Harry Potter books got me, got my foot in the door, essentially. So do you have a proudest moment of your time on the team so far? Yes, I think currently my proudest moment is winning regionals this fall. Uh, it's generally one of my favorite experiences. So... I have technically been on the team since my sophomore year, but this was only my first regionals. 
and mm -hmm. only really my second full semester of playing Quidditch. So while I've been around Quidditch for quite a while, like I haven't had a regionals and I know like a lot of members on the team have won regionals or have been to regionals before. So it was my first regionals. And while half of our team is like pretty experienced and been on the team for close to four years, the other half of the team are people who are just having their first semesters. And I was just really proud of being a captain of the team and seeing them all do well and getting recognition. So that was definitely one of my proudest moments, or if not my proudest moments. And also uh, just like good experiences in general, it's like getting getting to play Quidditch with my girlfriends, like always dope. And then friends, like uh, two new guys on the team, Mike and Noah, like I went to high school with Noah and Mike and them, but I played basketball with them for like years. And it's kind of like, they just knew me as, oh, they play basketball with TJ and like, that's our thing. And then kind of just being like, hey, you guys want to play some Quidditch? And it's kind of like the question marks flying around. And it's like, what's that? And then, you know, show them some highlights. And they're like, oh, yeah, this is cool. And then I'm just glad they stuck around. So getting to play with my friends from other ventures and, you know, running around on a broom once a couple, uh, a couple of times a week is pretty nice. So how would you kind of characterize the University of Maryland Quidditch community? I would say that Maryland is very proud of being, like, uh, attending Maryland and they're very competitive but also extremely welcoming uh, I've at no point that I ever feel that I was like being made fun of for not knowing what's going on or like I was being scrutinized for making mistakes like everyone was wanted you to I think because Quidditch is such a niche community like everyone's like we just want people to try it out and stick around so despite us being like super competitive and always trying to win we're never trying to make new people feel uncomfortable and uh, that's something I really appreciate about the Maryland Quidditch community. I also think that there's kind of a John Sheridan left kind of a mark on the team because every new person I recruit can't stay on broom, uh, including <laughs> me. So I think that's kind of something we haven't been able to shake off because I've been playing for a while now and all the new guys, despite how athletic they are, keeping the broom between their legs seems to be a really big issue. So I don't know if there's some type of spell that John cast on the team so he'll never be forgotten or something, but I think we need to shake that off at some point. So what's a tradition from the program? Or, like, are there any specific traditions that you really enjoy? Uh, that you can share? Maybe there's some secret yeah. ones too, but... Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm not quite sure. Um, however... Yeah. A lot more PC tradition is having the new guys carry around the brooms. No longer being the new guy and being the captain is a very nice thing. So I don't have to worry about bringing the brooms to and from the fields. I just tell one of the new guys to do so. And I saw like in the discussion board the, or the chat the other day, people were asking like, what do you use to carry your brooms? And I really want to say just the newest member on the team, but I don't know how well that would go <laughs> over people. So I just kind of kept my mouth shut, but that's kind of how we do it over here. <laughs> I think that's a great tradition. And then we had a nice team dinner as well at regionals, and that was really nice. So what are some things that you think have helped contribute to University of Maryland's program? So definitely the alumni play like a massive role when it comes to e-board stuff. I guess I'll start with that and then go into general stuff. Because I wasn't 
necessarily going to be a captain this year, but we just needed some people to step up. And so I stepped up, but then like I had no clue how to run a club or anything like that. And with Maryland, we're technically not a club sport at our school, like getting fundings like super difficult. And so like having alumni that have been in the position like Vanessa, like she's been super helpful and like keeping us afloat during times of where we have no clue what we're doing. And then also like having people ref and stuff at Turtle Cup was huge, the tournament that we hosted because it was really difficult having people come in. And then we had a difficult time getting a snitch and then John was able to step in. So like that was definitely good. But as far as just general success at the school, I think having members on a team who are like, like for instance, when I joined the team, John, like we all know that John's really good at Quidditch. We all know that Jared's really good at Quidditch. Y'all know, like the Maryland team was really good when I joined. And despite them being really good, I never felt like I wasn't given opportunities or people that I, that were also new with me weren't given opportunities to just uh, thrive in the sport. And I really think while we had some difficulty recruiting this year, just because I think every school has had difficulty we were able to get, once people came off the track, like I think our retention rate is pretty high. It's just the initial step of getting people to show up has been difficult for us. So I think creating an atmosphere that is very welcoming for new people to get them to stick around is what Maryland excels at primarily. Yeah, I think like you, you bring up a huge point, which is even if you are a successful program, like finding ways to make sure that everyone who joins the team has a chance to learn and grow and get time to play in games and experience what it's like. Because, I mean, I feel like that's what makes everyone better and then it makes you more likely to stick around and want to keep playing too. Um, Definitely. Yeah. And are there any things that you would like to see improved within the program? Uh, definitely getting more like improved recruiting, getting more people to show up initially is definitely something we need to work on. And with not having like a lot of in-person uh, events this year, that's definitely been holding people back. And I think as things hopefully get back to normal, that'll improve, but you got to make sure the the club sticks around long enough to make it to that point, make it to that point. So definitely just having more, people on the team actively trying to recruit other people to play because I mean once like I graduate this year and I know a lot of our team graduates this year and so it's look it's always kind of scary to be like well I'm definitely not leaving the team behind but I just I won't no longer be eligible to play and so like it'll be in the hands of the next generation of players I say generation even though we're only a couple years apart but you get what I'm saying yeah I think that like transition time from like one kind of year of leadership to like the next, especially I know it's been like two years of having less ability to play Quidditch all around is gotta be really hard to deal with as a team. And I wish you guys all the best in like figuring it out. And I'm sure you guys will do a great job. Yeah, we appreciate the kind words, the good hopes because I don't know what's going to happen, but we're working towards having a plan. So our next guest on the podcast is Heather Farnan, who started playing Quidditch 
2018 in the freshman year. Currently holds the position of captain on the team, um, but was also secretary uh, during their freshman year um, and plays beater. She also has a couple of fun animals in her life because her mom's a vet. They have a really old cat who is 16 and a Bernese mountain dog who is five and who is still getting to learn about new people. <laughs> yeah. So Heather, thank you so much for coming on to our podcast. Of course. Thanks for having me. Um, so just to start us off, I mean, can you just tell us how you ended up starting playing Quidditch uh, at Maryland and what that experience was like for you? Yeah, uh, I played Quidditch mostly because of my brother. He played at Maryland. He was a captain the year before I joined the team. And then he was a senior when I was a freshman. So, you know, you come to a, a college, you're looking for stuff to do, a way to stay fit, meet new people. And it seemed like it was fun. So I joined. I had a good time. And the rest is history, I guess. So what are some of your proudest moments of your time so far? Sure. Um, it, well, a really proud moment was winning regionals this, this past semester. It was on a really short roster and it was, you know, it's kind of different as a captain. It's, it's so exciting to see the team kind of grow and develop. And so I was really proud of everyone for, you know, playing so hard and putting in the work. Um, but also winning regional sophomore year was really cool because like that was my first time as a starter where I got like a lot of minutes in like a, you know, a, high, a more high stakes tournament. I, I mean, like, what was it like for you kind of um, developing into the position then and going from learning about it to then like playing big minutes and now captaining the team yourself? Like, how has it been kind of taking on those new roles as you go? Yeah, it's been, it's been cool to grow. And uh, I really, there were two really strong female beaters when I was a, a freshman, which was Melissa Smith and Lauren Dyke. And so I just, I was able to learn a lot from them and they were really supportive. Like if you have any questions, you know, that type of thing. Um, so that was just uh, really nice for my development. And then having a brother on the team helps uh, if I have any other questions, that type of thing. But yeah, it was good. I would have, honestly, I would have been a chaser. I like chaser play a lot, um, but I've had concussions like in the past. so they say kind of beaters are less likely to get knocked around, you know? Definitely fair. So what have been some of your favorite experiences from your time so far? Um, besides like, you know, winning regionals, which I feel like <laughs> everyone at Maryland does. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Right of passage. Um, well, like Maryland Quidditch historically and still like COVID permitting is like a very social team. You know, so like it's it's good for retention. If you, you know, you party, you get to know each other, that type of thing. Uh, and there's a, a tradition we do, which I think is so funny, uh, which is if you're at a, the team owns like a, like a penguin costume. And if you're at a party and you spill a drink, you have to don the penguin suit and you have to wear it like until the next person spills their drink and then they have to wear it. Uh, so over the course of the night, like the penguin suits hopping around, uh, which I just, I don't know, it's pretty funny. That's pretty incredible. <laughs> I've never I, heard of anything like that, but I really like that. Me neither. The, my my first time I showed up, they were explaining this to me. I was like, "You guys do what? Like, <laughs> are you pulling my leg right now?" Uh, those are like the most fun. Where you're like, "This is real," or are they like fucking with me? Am yeah. I going to be the only one in a penguin? Am I suit? getting hazed right now? Yeah. <laughs> And actually, wow. there was there was one other time that was cool. It was before I was on the team. But when my brother, uh, he was on the team the year before I joined, 
I guess my senior year of high school and Maryland was at Texas for Natty's and I was there because Dale was playing and they like upset Texas A&M uh, to get to the final four and it was like a really like very exciting game it was super sick to to see them pull it off that was like my introduction to like getting excited about Quidditch so how would you kind of characterize the University of Maryland Quidditch community um like if you were to kind of sum up your experiences with it so far and like yeah what do you think like makes it what it is like as a team I think we uh ever since my freshman year we've been you know physical kind of you know a gritty team we'll we'll put in the hustle and get big and put in the work I think that's the the um <laughs> the I don't know how to say it, like the atmosphere that when I was a freshman that I learned was the the Maryland mindset kind of mm-hmm. um and then I as an organization we like we have a good alumni network right now with people who've graduated recently and part of that is because COVID the e-board now like didn't get all the training necessarily that it should have gotten um so it's kind of out of necessity but it's good to have people involved helping us out you know setting up tournaments how to do this how to do that um and then coming to practices and still partying with us and stuff so uh that's been really good just you know moving forward keeping the torch burning yeah do you have any particular alumni who you would like to shout out yeah, absolutely. Well, Dale and Melissa, of course, uh, have been helping out a lot. Um, and then Vanessa uh, Barker and Zane Byla um, are also really helpful. Vanessa was president um, when I was on the e-board. So she, you know, very organized, very um, willing to help. I can't say enough about how much they've helped us so far this season. And honestly, I have to shout out the rest of the e-board, like, kind of inexperienced we got one or two like rookies on eboard uh and through adversity we've been you know we're having a pretty all right season can't really can't really complain <laughs> yeah i think currently ranked number one in us qa kicks let me double check we're that. up there i i last i checked we were actually third but i wasn't sure why because we're the only check. ones undefeated. and i think we kind of already touched on one tradition with the penguin suit but are there yeah. any other traditions that you really enjoy? This one, we don't always follow it, uh, but the Maryland Quidditch team has like a constitution. And when you're doing, when you're voting for eboard, you can also move to add something to the constitution. And if you get majority or whatever, it gets added. And it's it's kind of a joke, but one of the ones, I'm pretty sure Lauren Dyke added it my freshman year. Uh, and I thought it was so funny is if if you're in practice and two people throw a ball and they hit each other in the air you have to kiss <laughs> so that was that was made at a time when we had a lot of quidditch couples on the team uh which isn't really the case anymore but it was pretty funny that is really incredible funny. yeah so i guess i mean in answering a lot of the questions so far we've kind of talked about this but um what things do you think have helped Maryland have the success it has as a Quidditch program and I guess I want to ask that both from the perspective of like team schedule and winning games and things like that but also just from um, the ability to like continue to exist and have a thriving community um, and yeah yeah in that way too I guess you know to exist and have a thriving community it helps to be doing well and to be a, a pretty powerful team um there's, you know, with COVID, I think all teams have had their struggles and stuff. And we've been we've been able to perform, you know, well 
at tournaments and everything. Uh, but it's not like we've got a super long roster. And like, in terms of longevity, we're going to have to kind of make really pick it up in terms of recruitment. Um, but I'm hoping I'm optimistic because we're pretty strong coming into the spring. Uh, you know, that if we're just able to get a few more athletes, then things will be looking pretty good for, you know, next year. And you never want to, to leave a team high and dry after you're out of there. Uh, and then in terms of like playing in the tournaments and stuff, we, we were lucky to get a couple really big rookies. I don't really know how else to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, Noah and Mike, they're like forces of nature. They're like, they average like six, four, they're like 200 pounds a piece. Um, and they're just athletes. They are, are eager to learn. Um, and I think that I'm really optimistic because I think our ceiling is very high, uh, at tournaments this year. We've, we've been playing well, but there's some sloppy aspects to our play. And you can tell that we haven't quite synergized because we have a lot of, you know, the lines haven't been playing together so much and, and all this and that. So <clears throat> we we're doing a lot of drills and like focusing on, you know, the fundamentals and really hammering that home. So I'm, I'm optimistic about our arc if we can get some recruiting done. Yeah. And then I guess just from there, uh, what are some things, I mean, I guess you, you sort of talked about this, but like, uh, what are some other things maybe, um, that you think would help continue to improve the program, um, and things that you're trying to work on to, to help the, the just like the organization and the team improve? Um, I would say we're working on, it'd be good if we had uh, better documentation about in terms of eboard, what sort of stuff has to get done over the course of the semester and how to throw a tournament and that type of thing, because we're, we're able to pull it off, but it's with uh, alumni help. And eventually it would be good to get to a point where you're not as dependent on that network. Um, and you can kind of, you know, operate more on your own. Mm -hmm. um, hopefully they would still be involved. Of course, it's a, it's a good group of people. But um, I would say that, and then just, just fundraising, it's, it's hard to have a, a bake sale during COVID or do this and that, getting money from the school when no one's allowed to travel anywhere, you know? So mm -hmm. um, I think that, you know, we're optimistic going forward and we, yeah, I'm, I don't really know what else to say apart from that. Thanks again to Nick Jablonski, our producer, and Christina Gux, who creates the music on this podcast. Please remember, as always, to submit any questions you want us to discuss in our form linked in the podcast description. And remember to check out the other 8th Man podcasts, the pod hosted by Kellen Cupid and Big Man Bias with Ashton Jean Lewis. Thanks again to all of our guests and you, our listeners. Have a very happy rest of your year. Bye.